everyone, I hope you're all doing so well and welcome back to the Criminal Makeup Podcast. Each episode we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history and today we are talking about the case of Sabina and Ursula Eriksson. So Sabina and Ursula, they were twins and in today's case this one is just full of so many strange events and it also includes one of the craziest incidents I think I've ever seen on camera. Sabina and Ursula were seen acting bizarrely on the motorway in the UK and this whole incident was complete chaos and all of this just so happened to be caught on camera. And you can see all of this footage on YouTube. I will say it's pretty disturbing. And I'm not gonna give away too much in the intro. We are obviously going to talk about the footage in the case, but yeah, it's definitely very disturbing and shocking. And then after the crazy incident on the motorway, something else terrible soon followed. So this case from beginning to end is just strange. And this case is solved but it's not solved enough for me. This case leaves me with too many questions and not enough answers. And you guys know me by now, I like answers. I like closure, I like to know why the hell these things happen. And there are also quite a few conspiracy theories online surrounding today's case, which we will obviously dive into those as well. So yeah, buckle up for this one. It's just strange from beginning to end. And let's dive in. Sabina and Ursula were both born on the 3rd of November, 1967, making them both Scorpios. They were both born in Sweden and they grew up in Suna, Vermland, where they both lived with their mother and father and older brother and sister. And I feel like this has been happening a lot recently, but I don't know anything more than that about their background. Sometimes it's not the easiest to find out people's background. It's just, it's not. I will say the lack of information on their background definitely plays into the conspiracy theories a little bit. It is thought, I can't confirm, but it is thought that their father was an alcoholic and at some point in the twins upbringing he did separate from the family and it's just thought that the twins had a very chaotic upbringing so much so that the social services would sometimes be called out to the house the only thing really from their background that i can confirm is that obviously they were born and they grew up in sweden but both twins did move away from sweden ursula moved to the us and sabina moved to ireland so now we are going to skip forward to may 2008 so both of the twins are 40 years old now. Ursula is still living in the US, Sabina is still living in Ireland and Ursula decides to take a trip from the US to visit her sister in Ireland. And that is pretty much where today's case starts, which rarely happens, doesn't it? Normally it takes me like 10 minutes at least to get onto what actually happens in the case. And the events of today's case take place over only a few days. Like it's such a short period from when Ursula goes to Ireland to the conclusion of this story, like it's a few days. So Ursula arrives in Ireland to visit Sabina and it's thought that Sabina is currently living with her partner and she does have two children. And it's thought that at some point during that first night, the twins both just disappear. And Sabina doesn't tell her partner or her children that she is going somewhere. Both twins 
just disappear. But what they actually did, because they didn't just disappear, uh, the twins both caught a ferry from Ireland to Liverpool and they arrived in Liverpool at half eight the next morning, which is Saturday, May the 17th, 2008. And literally no one has a clue why the twins went to Liverpool. Nobody knows, which again, adds to the conspiracy theories. Once the twins do arrive in Liverpool, they do make a visit to a local police station. Sabina files a report saying that she had gone into a fight with her partner and she was concerned about the safety of her two children back in Ireland. So of course the police were like, okay, we'll look into this for you. Like, don't worry, we'll, we'll sort this out. But before anything can happen, the twins are on the move again. They don't wait around to see what happens or anything. And at 11.30 a.m., both of the twins board a National Express coach that is traveling from Liverpool to London. I just wanna stress this. I'm gonna be saying this a lot in this case. Nobody knows why all of a sudden they wanna to go to London now. Just like nobody knows why they went to Liverpool, nobody knows why all of a sudden they now want to go to London. They are both on the coach. They are traveling down the M6 motorway that is taking them from the north of England to the south of England. And I just want to stress right now that the M6 motorway is one of the busiest motorways in the UK. It's always packed, so many cars. So they are heading towards London, but the twins on the coach are acting very erratically. So erratically that the other passengers on the coach are starting to notice and they're starting to like look at the twins and they're starting to like be a little bit worried. And the passengers started to become kind of concerned. I don't know if they were concerned about their own safety or the twins' safety. I don't know, but they were concerned and the passengers started to tell the driver, they started to like pass the message down to the driver that there was two people on the coach acting erratically. Now, I don't know what is erratic in this case. That is just the word that was thrown around here, there and everywhere. I don't know if they were being noisy. I don't know if they were just acting a little bit weirdly, like bizarrely, like behavior that shouldn't really happen on a coach. The other passengers just had that feeling. You know, when you have that gut feeling, that bad feeling that, you kind of need to keep an eye on someone. Uh, I think that is what was happening here. So now that the driver has been informed of the twins, he's starting to keep an eye on them in his rearview mirror. And this is when the driver notices that both Sabina and Ursula are clutching their bags very tightly, like they're literally hugging them. And he's also thinking, hang on a minute, those bags are a little large. They should be going in the overhead compartment thing. Like you shouldn't be actually holding a bag that big. I don't know about any of you. I don't like like putting my bag like in the overhead thing. Obviously I do if I have to, but I would rather not. Uh, <laughs> I get really paranoid that someone is going to steal my stuff. I don't know why, like whenever I'm traveling, not that I've traveled in a very long time, but uh, I always get so paranoid that someone is going to steal my stuff. So to be fair, I feel like I can relate to Sabina and Ursula there because I am normally sat there like with my bag like this. I'm weird, okay? But obviously they are not just holding their bag weirdly like that. They're also acting a bit bizarrely as well. And the driver is getting a little bit concerned because of their behavior and because of how they are holding their bag. And he starts to become concerned that there might be something dangerous in their bags. Like his mind actually did go to, is there a bomb in their bag or are there weapons in their bag? He also thought that there could be drugs in the bag as well. And he just thought, you know what? 
I'm just gonna stop at the next services, gonna pull over, check this out, make sure that everything is okay, uh, just for the safety of everyone on the coach. So they're still on the M6 motorway, by the way, at this point, and he can't just pull over anywhere. He does have to wait to the next services, which was Keel Services, which is in the Midlands. And this was an unscheduled stop. And I don't know how it works for other countries, but when you basically take a coach ride in this country, like obviously you book your ticket, the coach stops at designated stops. Like all of the stops are pre-arranged and you're told which stops that the coach is gonna stop at. So the fact that the coach stops at an unscheduled stop is actually saying a lot. Like drivers don't do that lightly. So when he gets to Keel Services, he pulls over and he goes to the twins and he's like, can I check your bag? And I'm pretty sure he's just following procedure here. I'm sure he's had like training and stuff because I know like people can't just search a bag like whenever. But the twins refuse. They're just like, no, you are not searching our bags. And the driver is obviously not having this. He's really concerned about the twins. He's worried about the safety of everybody else on the coach. And he kicks them off the coach. He's just like, okay, well, get off. I'm not having you on my coach. And he leaves the twins at the Keel services. And the manager of the Keel services does spot them on CCTV. And again, they're acting very bizarrely. So the manager calls the police because they're acting bizarrely. And I don't know if the coach driver informed the manager of them I don't know if there was any kind of communication, but she did phone the police because of how they were behaving. The police weren't too far away. They turn up, they speak to the twins, and they seem to find nothing concerning, which uh, I don't know how is possible considering what happens next. But you never know. I'm not going to blame these police officers for like, oh, they should have known because to be honest, this case is so bizarre and so strange. I don't think anyone could have predicted what happened. So the police drive off and leave both Ursula and Sabina alone at the services. And this is when the case starts to get crazy. So shortly after they are left at the services, they are caught on CCTV walking down the middle of the motorway. Yes, you heard that right. They are walking down the middle of the motorway, like literally in the middle of the motorway. I think it's a freeway in the US. Um, you know, like a main busy road, three lanes at least going across, you know, in the middle, you know where they have the metal barriers to split the two directions going from each other. They are walking in that bit. They are walking in the middle bit. What the actual hell? When I first saw that, I was just like, no. Mm, what? First of all, how did they bloody get there? Because to get to that middle bit, you would have had to cross three lanes at least. So you're going to have to cross three lanes of traffic traveling around 70 miles an hour. How did they get there? How did they bloody... I don't know how they got there. And I don't know the rules of the road in other countries, but that's not allowed. You, you, you don't walk on the motorway in the UK. For one, it is actually illegal. But two, who the hell would bloody want to? I mean, I've broken down uh, twice, twice, is it twice? On the motorway and you have to go to like the hard shoulder and get out and stuff. And oh my God, that is terrifying. Not that I want to see any more footage, but I kind of would want to see the footage of how they got to the middle. 
I, I just would. But this is not all that happens on the motorway. So you can see them on the CCTV footage. They are walking down the center of the motorway. And then all of a sudden, Sabina climbs over the metal barrier and runs out into the motorway, literally into oncoming traffic. So you can see that one of the twins climbs over first. That is actually Sabina that climbs over first. And you can see that she gets hit by a car. And it's just chaos because these twins have run out onto the motorway and you can see that cars are swerving. But amazingly, like I actually cannot believe this, Sabina just gets up as if nothing has happened. I mean, she's just been hit by a car traveling in the fast lane on the motorway. So they're at least doing 70 miles an hour. And she just gets up as if she's just tripped over or something. And Sabina and Ursula, after Sabina gets up, they just make their way over to the side of the motorway without being seriously harmed. And obviously the police are on the way at this point because all of this has been captured on CCTV, which is obviously monitored. And when the police arrive on the scene, they are expecting to find two casualties on the road, on the motorway. Because if you see people being hit by a car, especially on the motorway, you would expect them to be on the floor. You would expect them to be injured. But instead, they find Sabina and Ursula just on the hard shoulder, stood up, fine, acting as if nothing has happened. Looking back on it, things didn't seem completely right. We were expecting a casualty on the road. And obviously we've now got two people standing there. And the cars as well are just like carrying on as normal. Like, you, you know, when there's been an accident or something, you know how like the cars obviously stop and it all gets backed up and everything. Well, that, there was none of that. The cars had all completely cleared. I don't even know what happened with the car that actually did hit Sabina. But what is a crazy twist of this story is the police that arrive on the scene have a TV crew with them. And the TV crew at this point have absolutely no idea what is about to happen. So there's this TV show in the UK that's aired on the BBC called Motorway Cops. And I'm pretty sure that other countries have their version of like motorway cops or like traffic cops or something like that. Where basically a TV crew or camera guy, whatever, sits in the back of a police car and goes along with the police on all of the traffic incidences and everything and films it and makes it into like a dramatized reality show. And it's just such a weird coincidence or is it a coincidence hmm. that the police that were called to the scene of Sabina and Ursula were the police with the TV crew in the back. And this TV crew captured the most bizarre, shocking, disturbing footage I think I've ever seen. So the police are talking to Sabina and Ursula who are just stood on the hard shoulder. And if you have no idea what a hard shoulder is, because I don't think that term is used in a lot of other countries because I've never realized before this case, but the hard shoulder is a very weird term, isn't it? Like why is that lane on the motorway called the hard shoulder? But the hard shoulder, and when I say the hard shoulder, I basically just mean the emergency lane you know, the lane on the motorway or the freeway, whatever your road is called, that you're not allowed to drive down and you pull over into it when you've broken down or it's an emergency or something like that. Um, that's the hard shoulder. So Sabina and Ursula are just on the hard shoulder and the police are talking to them 
on the hard shoulder. And the twins, again, are acting quite erratically. They're not acting normal. I mean, they're acting as if nothing has happened for starters. I mean, Sabina, I, I've said this multiple times, but Sabina has been hit by a car. Now, who's to say how you should act when you've been hit by a car? But a normal person, let's just say, would be a little bit shook up, wouldn't they? They'd, they'd be anxious, they'd be panicky, they would just be in a state of shock. Um, Sabina, Ursula, none of that. The twins are actually being quite argumentative. The film crew are filming the police at this point and Sabina and Ursula are kind of like a few steps behind the police. So the film crew are concentrating on the police and they have absolutely no idea. I mean, no one would have any idea of what is about to happen. So the TV crew are filming the two police officers talking and in the background, you can see Ursula and Sabina. Ursula is just talking to another officer when all of a sudden she breaks free and runs onto the motorway. I'm not a doctor. She has been knocked down. Is she the one that speaks English? And um, speechless. I honestly, that footage, I don't even know what to say. It's hard to actually wrap your head around what has just happened because Ursula, one minute is just on the hard shoulder talking to an officer and the next minute she breaks free and runs straight onto the motorway into oncoming traffic. And she just runs into a huge truck, like one of those 18 wheeler huge trucks. And she gets dragged under the wheel. It's, oh my God, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Her legs are completely crushed. And it doesn't end there because after Sabina runs into the truck on the motorway, literally seconds after, Sabina does the exact same thing. Seconds later, the other woman also runs into traffic. Mike Alpha, Mike Alpha, we need ambulance, senior officers to the scene. We've got two possible fatals. That footage truly still now, like still when I've seen it again, it leaves me in disbelief. It's one of the few things that I've seen where I did physically jump out of my seat because I was like, what the actual hell? I mean, I don't even think I've heard of that happening before, people running out into the motorway and actually being hit. I'm sure it's happened, but I, I don't think I've ever heard of it happening before. But it's one thing just to hear about it, but then to actually see it with your own eyes, it hits completely differently. And the police as well at the scene, they are in complete disbelief. Everybody is because this just doesn't happen. So of course, everything is happening very quickly right now. Ursula and Sabina have just run onto the road and the police are trying to stop the traffic to try and stop any more injuries from happening. The police go over to Ursula first because um, she's the one that has been hit by that big truck. Her injuries 
are probably going to be more serious. And her injuries were just absolutely horrific. Can't even imagine the pain that she must have been in. And one of the police officers at the scene has described that her legs had basically just exploded. And they said that her bones were protruding out of her leg. And when I did see the footage, of Ursula being run over. You see Ursula on the floor after she has been run over and her legs almost look flat to the ground. You can see her body and everything, but her legs just go completely flat. And I, I, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? Like that happening, like your legs being completely crushed. But unbelievably, even after these extremely severe injuries, Ursula is still conscious. Like how? So when the police go over to treat Ursula, they're expecting her to be in distress, struggling to hold on to consciousness, in a lot of pain. But instead, as soon as the police go over to her, she becomes very confrontational. We're police, well, we're here to help. Oh, I recognize you. I know you're not real. Shh. Stay still, boy. Stay still. No, come on, my love. Come on, you've hit your head. Calm down. We are the police. We are. You're hurt. Calm down. She's actually trying to resist them treating her and she's swearing, she's being very argumentative. She's basically telling them to F off. And that is the complete opposite of what you think someone is going to be like after they've been run over. Calm down, calm down. No, you're hurt. Calm down, calm down, calm, calm down, calm down. Calm down. Mine's very aggressive, spitting at me. She is very badly injured. I don't know what's going on. I mean, if you've been run over and your legs are completely crushed, why are you going to refuse treatment from the police and the emergency services? She even at one point tries to get up. It's like she doesn't realize what has happened, which is obviously quite reasonable. Um, she could be in a state of shock. She may not be aware of what's going on. So then other officers are turning their attention to Sabina, who I just want to stress was also hit by a car. Yes, she wasn't hit by one of those big trucks, but she was still hit by a car full on and she was thrown up into the air. And there is so much damage to the car that she ran into. Amazingly, when the police went over to Sabina, she was still conscious as well. And there was no obvious injuries. I mean, obviously there could have been internal injuries, but on the surface, she looked fine. So the police are treating Sabina. She's on the floor, her eyes are closed. She appears very calm at this stage. Meanwhile, Ursula is in the background. She is being treated by police, or at least the police are trying to treat her. And of course the police are trying to calm her down because they don't know about any internal injuries that she could have. They want her to stay on the ground. They want her to be treated properly. Um, but Sabina is having none of this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stay, stay, stay. Have they got collar or something they can stick on her? Sport work, really. She needs everything. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, don't get going anywhere, okay? Just chill, chill. And then all of a sudden, Ursula shouts over to Sabina, they're going to take your organs. And all of a sudden, it was like this awoke Sabina because all of a sudden, Sabina basically rises from the ground and she also starts getting really confrontational with the police. It's okay, my love. I'm trying to make sure you're okay. Right. Where's Paul? 
Sabina gets up off the floor. A policewoman tries to restrain her, but Sabina punches the policewoman in the face. And then I can't believe this is happening again, but after Sabina punches the policewoman, she hops over the metal barrier and runs onto the other side of the motorway, which is still live at this point. There are still cars going down that motorway at around 70 miles an hour, and Sabina just runs into them. She uh, unleashed a punch. Oscar Tango 3-3. And then she was off. Fucking hell! No! No! And into the other side. Jesus Christ! It's moving traffic again. The whole situation is chaos. It is just truly madness. You can't make this stuff up. And I do feel sorry for the police officers at the scene um, because I can't imagine they've ever dealt with anything like that. And I can't imagine they've dealt with anything like that since. Luckily, Sabina wasn't hit by any cars on the other side of the motorway. Cars were definitely swerving to avoid her though. The police officers have obviously followed Sabina onto the other side of the motorway to try and restrain her. But Sabina is like ready for a fight. She's putting her fists up. She's like ready to fight. Stay there. Calm down. Calm down. Hey, calm, down. calm down. Calm down. Three, three. I've got a female fight. Black. Fighting for. Calm down. They're high on something. And the police officers as well have reported that she was showing superhuman strength. The police officers could not restrain her. Even when they did manage to get a hold of her, they couldn't actually keep hold of her. And members of the public did get out of their car to help the police. And it took six people to finally restrain Sabina. Ah! Call the police! We are the police! No, let go! And what you've got to remember at this point is that Sabina has been hit by two different cars at two different points. And that just doesn't seem to have phased her. How is she even still walking around? Like, how? The dent in the car that hit her was absolutely huge. It seemed like Sabina did more damage to the cars than they did to her, which truly should not be possible. And the police are wondering what the hell is going on with these twins. And they are convinced that they are taking some kind of substance to explain their behavior. And you know what? I don't blame them for going to that conclusion because right now they just seem to be immune to the pain that clearly they're in. There is no doubt in my mind that obviously Ursula is in a lot of pain because her legs are crushed. But Sabina as well, there's no doubt in my mind that she is also in pain. Police as well at the scene also consider that the twins might have taken out a suicide pact, which would explain why the twins kept running into oncoming traffic. And one police officer thinks, hmm, could a head injury be responsible for this bizarre behavior? Because they had witnessed people acting bizarrely and it's been because of a head injury. And I think it's safe to say that both Ursula and Sabina have had a head injury at this point. Eventually, more police officers do arrive to help treat and restrain the twins. And Sabina does have to be sedated in order for the emergency services to treat her because currently in Sabina's state, 
she is untreatable. Like they, they can't treat her right now. Also an air ambulance picks up Ursula because her injuries are severe and she needs to go to like a proper, like specialized place. We still got her in the ambulance and they'll have a look anyway, won't they? That one's going to be the worst one. The problem is because they're so high, it's masking any injuries that they've got, they think at the moment. So once the twins arrive at the hospital, they are both treated. And of course, Ursula's injuries are so much more severe. Like she was going to have a long recovery ahead of her. However, Sabina only stayed in hospital for five hours. And shockingly, like I couldn't believe this. Sabina had no serious injuries. It's like, how does one get run over by a car on a motorway and not have any serious injuries. That might play into one of the conspiracy theories, let's just say. And something that I just cannot wrap my head around is I understand that they may not have been any serious injuries to Sabina, but she should have been kept in overnight. Like, I I'm sorry. <laughs> she has just been run over by a car on the motorway. She could have a concussion. There could be complications that may surface later on. But once Sabina was released from prison, she was taken straight into police custody. And once Sabina is at the police station, her personality is completely different. It's like they are dealing with a completely different person. She's so calm, she's chatty, she's friendly. You're looking at how many wrinkles up Yes, there. <laughs> yes. How old am I? Yeah, probably around in his best age. Yeah, 45. Oh yeah. 44? You got it, 45. 45. These shoes are for me. Thank you very much. They are so dirty and smelly and they found only one socks for me. Yeah, so try not to breathe then. <laughs> you say always in Sweden that an accident rarely comes close. Usually at least once more followed. Never tried to harm yourself. No, no sir, I never did. A good idea, was it? No drains. Put that aside. Never tried to harm yourself. No, never. No. The police also said that Sabina never once asked about her sister. It's almost like she didn't have any recollection of what happened. And of course, the police are asking her a lot of questions. They're asking her, like, what the hell happened? Like, what is going on? And Sabina is not able to give them any answers. And every time she's asked a question about what happened, like what drove her and her sister to run out into the motorway, every time she's asked a question like that, she just deflects. Both Sabina and Ursula were tested for any substances in their system, and both results came back clean. They didn't have anything in their system to explain this. So Sabina does spend one night in custody and then the next day she is charged with assaulting a police officer and also trespassing on a motorway. So you don't have to say anything it may harm your defence. You don't mention when questioned something later on a court. Anything you do say may be given an evidence. Okay, do you understand that? She pleads guilty to these charges and she is sentenced to one day, um, which she'd already served. Uh, so she was released and she was just free to go out and about and do whatever she wanted. And I'm really not shocked anymore because how many times have we highlighted the failures of the criminal justice system on this channel? But Sabina, the whole time she was in hospital, the whole time that she was in custody, did not receive a full psychiatric evaluation. And I'm sorry, if someone is repeatedly, even just once, but repeatedly running out onto the motorway 
I think it should be a given that they should need a psychiatric evaluation because um, that's not normal. So after Sabina was released from custody, she was basically just left to her own devices. She was given no information. She was not given anywhere to stay. And I really think she should have been given some sort of help. I mean, the police knew that she was not a British national. They should have made sure that she was okay, that she knew where she was going, that she had a place to stay. I just think they should have helped her but they didn't. Sabina was held in custody in Stoke-on-Trent, which is just a city in the West Midlands. And obviously this city was completely unknown to her, but this wasn't too far from where she was originally arrested. So Sabina was just wandering the streets when she ran into a man named Glenn Hollingshead and his friend, Peter. Now they had just come from the pub. They had gone for a drink. They were walking home. They also had Glenn's dog with them. Glenn Hollingshead was 54 years old. He was a trained paramedic medic and also a former RAF airman and he has just been described as someone that would just help anyone. Very helpful guy like if he saw someone that needed help he would be the first one to offer help. So it's around 7 p.m that Glenn and Peter are just walking home with Glenn's dog and they run into Sabina and Sabina starts up a conversation with the two men by saying that's a nice dog you've got there. So they get talking and Sabina is telling these two men that she doesn't really know where she is. She doesn't know where her sister is. She wants to find her sister. Her sister is in some hospital somewhere and that she also needs a place to stay for the night. And like I said, Glenn is the kind of person that would help out anyone and he can see that Sabina is in need of help. So he says to Sabina, you can come back to my house. We can figure things out from there. Glenn's brother as well worked in the local hospital. So Glenn said to Sabina, my brother worked in a hospital. Maybe he can help locate where your sister is. So all three arrive at Glenn's house. They get chatting a little bit more. They have a few drinks. And at this point, Sabina is really warm and very friendly, kind of like the personality that she had when she was in police custody. However, Peter, Glenn's friend, starts to ask Sabina about Ursula, Sabina's sister. And this is when Sabina's whole character, her whole demeanor just changes. She immediately becomes defensive, very closed off. She also started to suddenly act quite paranoid like she would go to the window and she would like look through the blinds and like look either side of the road and then quickly come away from the window as if she'd seen something so now she's gone back to acting erratically all of a sudden there was even a strange moment when sabina offered glenn and peter a cigarette one of her cigarettes and they both accepted they both took the cigarette they put the cigarette in their mouth and then all of a sudden sabina snatched the cigarettes out of their mouth and said what are you doing they could be poisoned which is just so weird because throughout the evening Sabina had been smoking cigarettes from that exact pack of cigarettes so it's kind of just like um okay but you've been smoking them like why would you smoke them if you thought they were poisoned it's just very weird so Sabina would keep displaying this really bizarre behavior and then all of a sudden she would switch back to being really friendly really chatty and then switch back to being paranoid and vice versa and Peter started to become very suspicious of Sabina because he was like why is she so paranoid like is she on the run from something like why does she keep looking out the window I'm walking down I'm thinking this is a little what's going on here who is she um has she just been kicked out what I'm responding a little bit unsettled by this I'm looking at Glenn for reassurance and he's like it's all right but Glenn keeps repeatedly telling Peter to not worry to calm down like it's okay Glenn also told Sabina that she could stay for the evening because at this point it was just too late to find somewhere else to stay at this point Peter left he went home 
and then it was just Glenn and Sabina in the house. Nothing else happened on that evening, so the next day, Glenn tells Sabina that she is more than welcome to stay for the rest of that day to get herself sorted out. Meanwhile, Glenn was gonna phone his brother and try and locate Ursula. By 7.40 p.m., Sabina is still at Glenn's house and Glenn is preparing dinner for the two of them. It was at this point that Glenn realized that he was out of tea bags, so he was gonna go over and ask his neighbor if he could borrow some. He goes outside, he sees that his neighbor is on the driveway washing his car. He asks the neighbor, like, can I borrow some tea bags? I've run out. The neighbor is like, sure, I'll go get some. The neighbor goes into his house, he gets some tea bags, he comes back out, gives the tea bags to Glenn, and then Glenn goes back into the house, the neighbor carries on washing his car. However, just minutes later Glenn stumbles out of the house and he starts shouting to his neighbor she stabbed me she stabbed me the neighbor is in complete shock but then he sees blood pouring from Glenn and then Glenn collapses on the floor and of course the neighbor phones 999 straight away but sadly by the time the ambulance arrived it was too late Glenn had suffered five stab wounds and they had proved to be fatal and this just absolutely breaks my heart because when Glenn collapsed the neighbor ran over to him and Glenn's last words to his neighbor was please look after my dog when he passed away you know he's the death rattle it was horrible, you know. He found ways to look after his dog. I said, yeah, well, I'll look after the dog for you, no problem. And whilst all of this is going on, Sabina actually flees the house. She's caught on CCTV running down the street. Moments later, someone just driving along in their car sees Sabina on the side of the road and she is hitting herself repeatedly in the head with a hammer. The driver is immediately concerned about Sabina's well-being. I mean, she's hitting herself in the bloody head with a hammer. And the driver could actually see blood coming from her head. So the driver pulls over, immediately runs over to Sabina and tries to wrestle the hammer out of her hand. However, when they are doing this, Sabina actually reaches into her pocket and pulls out a roof tile and smashes it on the head of the driver. Just put my hand straight on that hammer and lowered it. She was making crazy grunting noises the whole time. She hit me on the back of the head with something, which I assumed was a fist, but I was told later by the police it was a roof tile. And the driver obviously staggers from this, being hit in the head, and Sabina carries on fleeing. And I have no idea why Sabina had a roof tile in her pocket. I don't know where she got that from. She did get the hammer from Glenn's house. She clearly picked that up before she fled. But Sabina is clearly clearly a very paranoid person. She's clearly picked up these objects to maybe use in defense, but then I'm like, oh, but she's using the hammer on herself. That's that's not defending herself against anyone. But then, oh, there might be something going on in her head. Voices, we, we, we don't know. But then two paramedics arrive at the scene and they chase after Sabina. They chased her onto a bridge. And at this point, Sabina stops on the bridge. She looks around and then she looks over the bridge. And this bridge is 40 feet high, and it goes over the A50 road, which is a very busy road. It's not a motorway, but it's still a main road with cars going so fast underneath it. And I'm sure some of you are thinking, oh no, she hasn't. No, she doesn't. She does. Sabina jumps off the bridge. She suffered two broken ankles and a fractured skull, but amazingly, I don't know how, 
she survived that jump off the bridge. I can't believe it. It's like, how much does Sabina want to put herself through? Again, she is throwing herself into danger. So if you just look at the different events in this case, so Sabina has ran into oncoming traffic. She has been hit by a car twice. She repeatedly hits herself in the head with a hammer and now she has jumped off a 40-foot bridge. That to me sounds like somebody that wants to end their life. But I don't think it's that simple in this case. I, I don't know. It's just, oh my God, this case, it's giving me a headache. It seems to me like she's lost that part of her brain that recognizes danger. That's why we don't do what Sabina has done by running into traffic, running on the motorway, jumping off bridges, hitting ourselves repeatedly with a hammer. We have that survival mode in our brains to stop ourselves from doing that. But it just seems like Sabina has lost that. I remember Ursula saying to Sabina, they're going to harvest your organs. What's all that about? I mean, were people after them? Were people trying to get their organs? Because that actually happens more often than you think. Why did they just pack up and leave? Why did they flee Ireland? Why did Ursula flee the US? Like, why did they come to the UK? Why are they trying to get to London? There are too many questions in this case that don't have answers. After Sabina had jumped off the bridge, she was taken immediately to hospital to recover but then once she had recovered, she was taken into custody to face the charges for the murder. And throughout the whole police interview, every single question, Sabina just replied with no comment. So it was really hard for the police to even figure out what the hell happened. Like, why the how did Sabina kill Glenn? And to be honest, we still don't know. Both the defense and the prosecution agreed that at the time of the murder, Sabina was insane. And she was analyzed by psychiatrists to kind of figure out like, what the hell happened with her and Ursula as well? Like not just Sabina because of the murder, like people wanted to know what the hell happened with these twins. And it was found that Sabina and obviously Ursula were suffering from a condition called folly a deux. <laughs> Not very good with French. But it is a French term that basically translates to a madness in two. And it's defined as a shared psychosis where symptoms of hallucinations and delusions are transferred from one person to another. It is believed that Ursula was the one that was originally suffering from some kind of psychosis and then she transferred that to Sabina. And I had never heard of this before. I never heard of almost being able to infect someone with psychosis. Like I've never heard of that. And it actually is a very rare condition. And when it does occur, it usually occurs in people that are very close. Twins, not always twins. So it's thought that because Sabina and Ursula were twins, they were more predispositioned to suffer from this. Other psychiatrists thought that Sabina could be suffering from acute polymorphic syndrome, which caused her to have delusions of her own. But there wasn't really a confirmed diagnosis for Sabina and Ursula to explain their behavior. In the end, Sabina did avoid trial by pleading guilty to manslaughter with diminished responsibility. And she was sentenced to five years in prison. I know that does seem pretty short, doesn't it? Ursula took quite a while to recover. I mean, her legs were completely crushed. But when she had recovered, Ursula returned back to the US. And that's all I know. And then because obviously Sabina was only sentenced to five years, that means that in 2011, mm -hmm, she was released. 
and her whereabouts are currently unknown, which uh, probably adds to the conspiracy theories. So given the bizarre nature of this case and just the fact that so many things are still a mystery, a lot of conspiracy theories have come out. So one conspiracy theory, which is probably the most believable out of all of them, was that Sabina was fleeing from her abusive partner. Remember that Sabina did have a partner and two children in Ireland. And then when she fled, as soon as she got to Liverpool, remember that she did go to the police and tell the police that her partner was abusing her and she was worried about her children. But apart from that visit to the police station, there's no other evidence to back up this theory. But it does seem to me, in my opinion, the most believable out of all of the other theories that we're about to get onto. There was also a theory that the twins were drug smugglers. To be honest, I think this theory has just been born out of the fact that they were clutching their bags and they didn't want their bags being searched. Um, I don't really feel like this conspiracy theory has much merit. I don't know, obviously it could be a possibility. It was also found that the twins had multiple mobile phones with them. Again, that could support the fact that they were drug smugglers or involved in some kind of criminal activity. And now we're gonna get onto some of the more far-fetched conspiracy theories. So of course there is a conspiracy theory that their organs were being stolen. And when I first heard this theory, I was like, mm, far-fetched, that's not gonna happen. But then I started to do a little bit of research and oh my God, I, I am truly sickened by what I found. And it might not be as far-fetched as it sounds. And the illegal organ trade is actually a lot bigger than I realized. And I did fall down the rabbit hole a little bit on the illegal organ trade. Don't recommend doing it. I basically found a price list of all different organs and body parts and <laughs> I wish I didn't know that. And the final theory is that Sabina and Ursula were super soldiers created by the MK Ultra program, which is a program carried out by the CIA to carry out mind control experiments. And these experiments are done on human subjects. And it's thought that the twins could have been two of the subjects. So basically they were Captain America. I don't know if I believe this, I don't know, but it kind of would explain maybe a few things. It would explain their erratic behavior. It would explain why they had super strength, you know? Um, it would also explain why they almost couldn't feel pain, which is why they were running into traffic and then getting up as if nothing had happened. If they were a part of this program, it would kind of explain why we don't know much about their background and why we don't know much about where they are now. So yeah, those are the theories. You're gonna have to let me know what you believe. Obviously the partner being abusive and Sabina fleeing from the partner is obviously more believable as well because maybe Sabina phoned Ursula and said like, my partner's being very abusive. I'm scared for my life. I need to get away. Ursula comes over from the US to Ireland. She gets a sister and then they flee. I feel like that's quite believable. I still feel like Sabina should have took her children though if she was really scared for her life. And this case is just so frustrating, isn't it? Because I wanna know answers. I like closure. I don't like unsolved cases. And like I said, it's technically a solved case, but it's not really, is it? Because we don't really have any answers. And that brings us to the end of the episode on the Ericsson twins. There are no updates, unfortunately, which is truly frustrating because I still have so many questions. And I just feel like today's case is one of those cases that is just so bizarre. We're probably never going to get 
the answers that we want. So thank you so much everyone for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Makeup. And if you enjoy the show, it would really mean a lot if you could leave a five-star review. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios and I'll see you all in the next one.